Hi, my name is Afnan. I'm a senior and I just got done recording a tiny office concert and um, you're listening to the SMA podcast. Thanks, Afnan. Afnan and two other students recorded a tiny office concert track, something we're produ- we produce in between podcasts that's starting to gain traction and I hope continues in our second season. Funny story, but Afnan is accompanied in that recording by a piano. Well, there's no piano in my office, so we went back to our podcast roots, a tiny practice room in the music wing. There, three students crammed a piano in this tiny room, plus me, to capture the recording on my cell phone. Surprisingly, it came out great, and I'm super impressed with the ingenuity and troubleshooting ability of those students. Uh, That recording will be published in a couple weeks. Anyway, this is the last episode of Season 1 of the SMY Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Bader, and I want to thank you for listening to these 13 episodes. We explored a lot of what what makes South Milwaukee a special place. This is a special episode and a fitting end of the season. Today we meet track coaches Stan Druckery and Mark Hoffman. Between them, they have 80 years of experience with this city and its children. Coach Druckery started here in the 1970s and Hoffman in the 1980s. These two are being honored with planned dedication of our new track. Both of them teach or have taught in our classrooms, in addition to running a storied track and field program. What these two men can teach us today goes far beyond athletics. We're going to hear their perspective on what motivates students, how a sense of team is created, and how things have changed since they started. Here's Stan and Mark. Um, Mark and Stan, welcome to the SMY Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, and congratulations for, um, you know, uh, I mentioned we announced that um, we're planning on naming the track after you two. Nobody deserves it more, and so congratulations on that too. Thank you. Thank you. A little um, awkward. Yeah, I have I, to say that. I get that. Yeah, I get that. And we'll we'll chat about that too. Um, but first, I kind of want to talk about. Um, I see you guys have a combined more than eighty years coaching experience here at South Milwaukee. I was wondering if you could, maybe Mark, we'll start with you. Um, kind of how you got into coaching here at South Milwaukee, and um, uh, maybe tell me a little bit about your career here. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, I get. Hired in 1990, right at the end of the summer, and uh, they said, "Hey, we need a football coach." And I, I knew I wanted a coach, and so within a week, I'm coaching football, uh, JV, and they said, "Well, you want to coach track too?" Sure. About the middle of the football season, athletic director Jim Teff came up to me and said, "How do you like to be the head track coach?" <laughs> sure, because I'm, you know, young, stupid. Yeah. Took it on, and it was. Uh, a lot of learning, and I was in a good position because the team had not been very successful, so I could experiment and do all sorts of things wrong and learn from them. And, mm. um, How I, old were you then? Do you remember? 25. Mm. And you'd run yeah. in, in college and high school too? Not right? college. Not college. Uh, high school. Mm-hmm. High school. Uh, I was average high school athlete. I probably could have done something in college, but uh, I did not compete in college. Mm. But I knew I wanted to coach. Okay, and it's been continuous since then. Yeah, yeah. Every year since then. Um, Stan, how about you? Um, how did you get your start, and when? So I got hired late summer of 1971, and I knew I wanted to coach. I had a 
coached it when I was student teaching, and I had a grad assistantship coaching track and cross country at uh, North Dakota State University. So when we moved back to the Milwaukee area after my graduated from graduate school, there was a job opening here. I had no idea where South Milwaukee was. Hmm. Came down and interviewed, got the job, and then that next spring, so the spring of 72, I was on the freshman track staff. Hmm. And then the following fall, I was head cross-country coach and then assistant track coach at the high school. Hmm. And that's been continuous. Wow. Wow. Um, and you both taught too, right, in the classroom. Stan, you're retired, but you're back to, to track. And, and Mark, you're still a teacher, right? Correct. So, I teach math at the high school. Yeah. And Stan, what did you teach? I taught physical education mostly when I first started at the junior high. I taught uh, history and geography also. Um, what have you guys learned in this career you've had, you both have, have had here, um, about students, about learning, about teams? I guess there's, there's so much to learn and every year there's new things coming out. I think the most important thing was just to be there every day. That's what I tell my assistants, you know, even if you don't have a track, background if you're there every day the students can count on you and we can always teach you what you need to know and if we get some really good athletes we talk to coaches we know that are good in that aspect of track and field so I think that was the most important thing to learn mm -hmm. was just be here how about how about you Mark yeah I have to say that's probably the thing I I learned from Stan was the consistency. Because obviously, as a rookie coach, I was leaning on him on what to do. Mm. Uh, I think the other thing that it just keeps coming up time and time again is everything you do is just to serve the athletes and the people around you, and it's got to be all about them and making their lives better and putting them in a position to succeed. Mm. It doesn't matter how talented they are. It's just, can you move the needle? Can you help them get better? And if you focus on that, then you're successful. Mm. Who, what, what, what kind of student is a track athlete? I mean, how, where do they, where do they fit in the realm of high school kids, and who, who are they? Oh, man, it's all of them. <laughs> that's, that's a tough one. I, I think you're just a typical athlete. Um, obviously, you're looking for an athlete that's multi-talented, but I think a lot of kids are afraid to try it. But once they do, because we have so many events in track and field, we can find something that they'll be successful at. Hmm. Is, is it a um, then kind of a catch-all? Like if you don't have a specialization uh, necessarily by the time maybe you get to middle school, then maybe it might be something to try? Or Well, not just that. That I think it is attractive to that kind of kid, but it's also to the elite level athlete in any sport. I, I look at it as uh, there's a place for any type of athlete. So let's say we take uh, kids from the football team. You got linemen end up being your throwers in general, 
uh, your skilled position players, your sprinters, your jumpers, or they could be volleyball, basketball kids, or they're your cross-country kids, and they become the distance runners. So it's a collection of all of them. Hmm. Uh, and what we found is a lot of times over the course of four years, even if they're an average athlete, like I described myself as a freshman, keep working, keep working, keep working, some by the time they're a senior, hey, a pretty valuable athlete. They end up being our captains or most improves, and some of them even go out for track in college where it, you would have never seen that coming when they were mm. freshmen. Mm-hmm. So it's to say it's just that kid that isn't able to do anything else, that, that's too narrow. It's, yeah, not it's a broad spectrum. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Um, extracurriculars in general, what does it bring to a school – a culture and what 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 does it do for the kids themselves? I think it's makes schools so much more fun, I guess you'd say. And I always tell kids it makes the school year go so much faster. So, for instance, on track, it seems like we just started back in March. Mm. We had the first meet. Now next week is the conference L tour, and I talked to kids last night about it. And yeah, just all of a sudden we're done. And I think that really helps. Plus, athletics, activities, just bring people together. And you share things, and that too makes the school year go faster. Hmm. Yeah, that's my line, first day of practice. This is the beginning of the end of the year. Uh, and yeah. it's snowing outside, and one year it was sub-zero the first day of practice. <laughs> By the end of the week, it was 40, 50 degrees, but it was sub-zero on the first day of practice, and these kids, no way. You know, you turn around, it's going to be June. Well, somebody just the other day said, oh, my goodness, has this gone fast? Because we're two, three weeks from the end of the season, mm-hmm. uh, and it seems like we just started. Yeah. So it gives them something else to focus on. Um, I really think if kids are out for co-curriculars, their academics are better because they learn to organize their time better. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything kind of takes a priority, put things in the pecking order. What do I have to do? i got to do this at this time and that at that time. Busier kids tend to do better at academics. How many kids do you have now, students, do you train now? What was it like when you started? Do, do we have more, fewer, more specialized? Well, I think right now we have fewer than when I started, but uh, the same type of kid is looking for something to succeed at. Um, and it's just, we need a lot of kids in track. So if we don't have enough, there's some events we, we can't fill. And that hurts your team score, but it really doesn't affect your coaching. It's still the same. Yeah, amount of kids. What's a, what's a good number then? What like for a good? Team? I think for us, probably mid to upper forties. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I'm shooting for fifty. We're at forty right now. Okay. Uh, I think some of that is coming back after the pandemic, building back up. Uh, I'm seeing that in general for all the sports. Mm-hmm. Numbers are down. There's a lot of kids not participating in co-curriculars right now. We really got to make an effort to get that back up there, regardless of whether whether it's track or anything else. We need to get the kids involved. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. I was Go. having that discussion the other day with someone just uh, kind of strategizing just how, you know, we can get out there and maybe get that message out a little better, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
because the need is still there, you know, and the kids, uh, you know, or like, like Stan said, looking for the same thing. So how do we, how do we get them? You know, how do we capture them and get them interested in sports? Um, so let's talk a little bit about the track because, um, you guys were here when our current track was brand new. Um, what was that like? What was that first meet that you had like here? Well, for me, it was just a great track because we used to have just an old cinder track when I started. Then they had an asphalt track with a little coating. So to be able to get to the facility we had when we started the school here was just great. Hmm. And it worked out really well. And I think it helped our program helped the coaching. Obviously, it was great for the kids because we could host meets, and having home meets is very important. Hmm. Sure, it's kind of a showcase of your school, yep. isn't it? That's yeah. My first 15 years, we <laughs> we hosted a conference meet, but we used Oak Creek's track to do it. So we ran the meet, but we didn't. It never had a conference, regional or sectional, as a home meet. Hmm. And once we had that track, it was only a couple of years in, we put in, we got the regional. Yep. Last two years we ran the sectional, had multiple conference meets here. I think it's good for the school in general, how other schools view us when we're able to run meets and we run them well. Uh, I, it, it was huge. Hmm. It was huge. Um, and what's a, what's a quality surface like these days? You know, what is it, how is it different than what we have? Or had, I guess, because they've, they've dug it up already. Yeah, yeah it's all, <laughs> all ground up. Uh, the one we had at the time uh, was one of the best available. It does have a tendency to wear down every seven years or so, and it needs to be redone. Quality surface now is one that you can rely on for a long period of time. It's still, and they, the technology has gotten to the point where these can last up to 30 years uh, without major repairs or resurfacing. Uh, it's still soft enough that the athletes can train on it without getting lower leg injuries and things like that. Uh, but it's tough enough that it holds up in the weather. Mm -hmm. There are some surfaces that are really good, but only down south because it stays warm. Uh, the one we're hoping to get is uh, it, it should last a long time, and it should be the best best for the kids for for their health and for their performance. Yeah, yeah, and I guess. You know, I'm looking forward to capturing that feeling that you guys had when you opened, you know, that the 2004 facility. And I guess it was at fall that year or the next year that you. Okay. Um, so tell me about your students. Uh, what were they like when you guys started coaching? What are they like now? What's the difference? And um, yeah, what's the difference between kids then and now? Well, I think when I first started. Kids participated more. I think it was just an out, out for them to be involved in school. I, I think their parents pushed them into doing that. And I think now there's so many other things going on for kids to do. You lose some of them because there's other things. Maybe parents aren't as involved in the community and the school. I think we had a lot more school spirit when I started. The football games were packed. I worked football games, basketball games. 
the gym was packed. It was just just a tremendous atmosphere to be involved in that. Mm. So yeah, we have fewer kids now than we did then too, and mm-hmm. and a lot of the circumstances parents find themselves in is a little different now. Yeah. Um, Mark, how about you? Well, I I think they have a lot more choices than they used to have, and so kids are being you know, spreading out a little bit more uh, in terms of what they choose to do or attend. Um, the technology, obviously, uh, is has had an effect. Um, I think on the good side, kids are more aware of the world around them. Yeah. Um, in, in good and bad ways, but in, in good ways, too. Um, but, yeah, I think we could get more kids involved. But the kids we do have, and I think this is true of all of them, they want to know, they want to be involved in something. Um, it, maybe it's not track, but they want to be involved in something that's worthwhile, that'll make them feel better about themselves. They want a structured environment, although most teenagers will tell you different. They, <laughs> they really do, because that'll make the activity worthwhile. And they want to have fun, and to me that hasn't changed. Hmm. Trek. Uh, I imagine because the meets are so long, that's a social activity for kids too, right? It's not just performing the sport they're in. They get time to hang out. Yeah, right? and, I, and I think that's the biggest thing is that if you participate in track, it's not just you doing your event. It's you then moving to support your teammates and watching them do their event and cheering them on. So it does become very social, and that's the best way to get the best experience out of it. Hmm. Um, how do you develop team spirit on, with a lar- such a large group of kids and with disparate sports like that? Well, you go first because I learned from you. That, that, that's <laughs> tough. I think you just, as Mark mentioned, you keep the kids together. You run a structured program. You start together as a team, and you end together as a team. And then as a coach, you make sure you get around and see every kid perform or or try to and make sure that your assistants coaches do the same thing so all the kids know all the coaches yes maybe they just coach a couple events but they know every kid and I think that's what's important hmm. uh, have you done anything different than Stan since he, he taught you or well, <laughs> what do you think I'd like to compare it more to what I did in high school. When my high school team, great coaches, great team, but the only time we got together as a team was meet day. Uh, we practiced separate, um, different times, and so on. And I did a lot of things the same that I learned from my coaches, but what Stan taught me was you have to have team activities start and end together. So I learned that at the beginning of practice, everybody does the same warm-up regardless of what event you're in. Mm. Um, at meets, we go to the meet together, we leave together. So at the end of the meet, we're running the 4 by 400 relay, the entire team is cheering them on. And it's a, it's, it's a team activity, mm. you know, pizza parties and all that stuff that you, you got to get the different event groups together that creates that atmosphere of, of collegiality. You know, everybody's pushing for each other. Yeah, and I guess I could see the way you just described that. They do have small circles of people doing that event. They get a little bit bigger to maybe the same field events. They get a little bigger to track events. So you have mm-hmm. multiple layers of socialization mm-hmm. that you can you can grow into. Right. Yeah. Um, was there a year for either of you that it just worked, that 
just man everybody pulled in the same direction and and you hold it up in your mind is what you're going for again you know looking back i was just talking to a former athlete and i think as a coach sometimes you forget that those kids were really good and the kids sometimes don't realize it either but as they get older they look at it too and fortunately we've had several of those i don't know if there's any particular one that stands out although when my kids were participating that made it a little more special because i really knew their friends well mm -hmm. too and yeah looking back it's just amazing at the kids that have come through and have done well yeah how about how about you mark we had a string of teams in the early 2000s that were just really tight-knit, 01 especially. Uh, that team was, uh, they had lost one of their classmates and they really struggled between their junior and senior year, um, emotionally, athletically, and we, we kind of got through that and at the conference meet everybody pulled it together and, um, you know, we won it big and a lot of kids did did things that night they had never done before, and it just kind of a catharsis, and um, it was it was big. It was big, and I, so if you ask me to pick one year, that was it. But we've had several years where um, the team just came together at the right time and just had big performances and mm -hmm. good memories of outstanding athletes who did really well all the way to the state level or. You know, like I said before, your average kid that just got better and was just as excited because they had this level of success they'd never had before. Yeah. And that's the stuff I'm going to remember. Um, let's talk about coaching for a minute because I know, like, volunteer coaches, or even if you get a stipend or something to do it, um, takes a lot of time. Um, you guys have done it for 50 and 30 plus years each. What? What's it take to come back year after year and volunteer or to, to do the to, to do this work? I think you, I you have to love the sport, <laughs> obviously, and it becomes a big part of your life and your family has to deal with it. I was fortunate both of my kids were involved and obviously our wives, without their support, it wouldn't happen. But yeah, it takes time. But if you put in the time, it's just so rewarding. As Mark mentioned, the, the good kids, the average kid that comes up and then contributes, you see the smiles on their faces when they get a PR. It's, mm. it's That's what it's all about. What do you think, Mark? Uh, I, I went off in a tangent, sorry, in my head. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> so, um, just coming back year after year, I mean, yeah. 30 years, man. Well, I guess it two things that I really like doing. Uh, one, I'm a math teacher, so all the statistics involved, I could just pour over them. Mm. You know, let's, okay, let's put the workouts together based on these percentages. What are their times? Uh, let's see how, how much they're improving. Um, the other thing is just simply organizing things. So we put a meet together trying to make all the pieces you're orchestrating this whole right. performance to go together. Mm. Those are just two things I really enjoy. So, um, And beyond that, it's just watching the kids get better. Yeah, yeah. I can say, I mean, um, 
the one track athlete that I've met, I interviewed her for our magazine last year, and she was choosing a school based on a track program. Mm-hmm. You know that that that's what she was interested in, and she found her place. You know, but when I asked her, "See you fast?" She goes, "Yeah, I'm real fast." You know, and like <laughs> all this pride came out, and yeah. uh, I guess I just didn't. Uh, I haven't had enough interaction with track athletes just to get that sense of pride out of them. You know, um, she's really proud of that and definitely wanted to keep going wherever she was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, do kids go to college based on track? Like where, where you want to go? Or um, is this something that, because my wife and I always joke that we're going to get our kid into fencing or some, some sport <laughs> where there's lots of scholarships for them, right? right. Um, track has to be kind of that way. I mean, they need a lot of athletes in the college level too. I, I think a lot of kids get scared about that and think if they don't, if they're not a scholarship athlete, they shouldn't go off for track. And that's just wrong. Because you just mentioned, we need numbers. There's 18 events, relays. Colleges are looking for that center of the road kid that they can also develop like we did and become part of their team. Obviously, they want the top of the line athlete, but that's not always available. But you get the middle of the road kid, and you can develop them. So I think we need more kids to, to realize that and just try it and see what happens. Plus, they'll meet so many good kids at college because they're involved in an activity. Hmm. I guess I'd say, too, that running is a lifelong sport, right? So it doesn't matter what you do after if you've developed the skills that you're teaching early. Right. You, know, you can do whatever. Yeah, you may not jump or throw the shot put your whole life, but the training involved is running, and that's something you can continue to do. I think in terms of picking a school, um, if somebody wants me to tell them what I think the best track schools are, I would. Um, But what I try and tell the kids is pick your school based on your academic preference first. If you really love track, you'll be able to do track anywhere. And you have so many choices, especially here in Wisconsin. Our Division oh, three schools, some of them could tremendous. compete against the Division one schools in the state mm. and do quite well, maybe beat them. Um, think of lacrosse, Oshkosh, Whitewater, I mean, you name it. It's, it's a lot of talent out there. Um, but pick the academic program first and then compete in track. Mm. Uh, and if you love it, you'll do well no matter where you are. Uh, we have one of our current coaches, Nate Seeloff did one year of track when he was here at South Milwaukee, primarily basketball player. He went to college to play basketball. Didn't work out, so he walked on the track team. By the time he was a senior, he was an All-American. Really? Yeah. Now wow. he's back coaching with us. That's great. And so it's it, it the path wasn't, I'm going to go here because of track. It's find your path and then just let track and field be part of it. And to me, that's the best way to handle it. So I mentioned in the beginning the um, track naming, um, at least the announcement of the plans to name the track after you guys. Um, what was it like? I know it was like it was a it was a casino night fundraiser for mm-hmm. the for the track and field program when they announced it. Um, what was your initial reactions when you heard these are the plans? It it was very emotional. Uh, obviously, you don't expect that to happen. You're just doing your thing, uh, your love for that sport, and have uh, your colleagues and people you know recognize you 
for that it's it's just tremendous mm. it made all those years worthwhile although they were anyway but just was just the icing on the cake yeah yeah i was actually pushing really hard <laughs> to have the track named after stan uh, without him knowing to the point and everybody knew what was going on behind the scenes and were the way they handled it was making me get it even more mad <laughs> because <laughs> if you don't do this i'm quitting <laughs> so, and then so when they announced it and it was kind of a surprise i i didn't think that at all i mean here it's a guy 51 years and i mean you say track and field itself mock you think stan Druckrey. um so yeah that's how it went for me <laughs> i was pushing for it uh it i think i opened up by saying it was awkward because you spend your whole career in an attitude of serving others and then seeing the name up there. Well, now we're trying to fundraise for, oh, yeah, my fundraising for the kids, for the track. <laughs> your name's up there, which it just makes a little bit awkward. But yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's an honor. It's, it's been an honor to coach here. It's, to me, it's a special place and our special kids and you know, whatever they need to do. Uh, if they want to name it after us if it helps them raise money great yeah well i the way that discussion started was that they're naming it probably no matter what and that the challenge issued by that committee is just um giving your former athletes a chance to to show the love to mm -hmm. you one more time and and help the district you know pay to to get this project done you know right. but um yeah it's a lot of fun because i got to design the logo and Oh, <laughs> and blow those pictures up. Of you. That was a lot of fun. At least we don't have to run a race against each other in real life. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We know what's going to happen. I'm going to get smoked. <laughs> right. Well, uh, Stan Druckery and Mark Hoffman, thank you so much for being on the SMY podcast. It's been it's been an honor. I've gotten to interview you twice now, uh, and it's just it's been great. Thank you. Right. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you again for listening to the SMA podcast. Take a look at launchingalegacy.info to learn more about the fundraising effort to honor Coach Druckery and Coach Hoffman. It's a 4x400 virtual relay fundraising race, and the first leg uh, or deadline is coming up on June 1st. Also, save the date for August 10th. The South Milwaukee High School will be host to the Wisconsin Public Education Network Summer Summit. It promises to be an action-focused day of holding our leaders, our schools, and ourselves accountable for delivering the public schools Wisconsin students need now. If you're a South Milwaukee teacher, this event is free to you to attend. Learn more or register at wisconsinnetwork.org forward slash summit. A few thank yous to share to wrap up our season. Thank you to Christy Gajewski for one day saying off the cuff that we should have a podcast. Thank you to the high school music department and to teacher Amy Swanson for letting us pilot the podcast in her students' practice room and to the teachers and students who have been my guests this year. South Milwaukee schools are an exciting place to work and to be a student. I hope this podcast has given you a look into the programs and people who make that happen. Well, this is the last full episode. Keep an ear out for two tiny office concerts, one from students uh, Gian and Shelby and one from Afna, Logan and Shelby, um, Afna introduced our show today. Take care and enjoy the summer.